Cal McNelly here. Welcome to Screening for Meaning. Welcome, everybody, to a new podcast here. Uh, my name is Cal McNelly. I'm a student here at Hillsdale College, and our new podcast is called Screening for Meaning. And the basic concept of this podcast is very simple, actually. What we're trying to do is use movies to talk about the culture in general, uh, American culture as a whole, and especially in light of certain political trends or political divides in America. It's not a political show, but culture Um, is related, obviously, to politics, and I think I want to explore that interchange using the medium of movies. And so I'm very excited to be with you here. Uh, If I could give a little background about myself. Like I said, I'm a student at Hillsdale College. I was a member of the football team. And at the time of this recording, I am on the WIP, which is the Washington-Hillsdale Internship Program. I'm recording in our Kirby Center here in Washington, D.C. And they have a beautiful studio here, and they reached out to me and said, hey, we like to have a podcast here. Let's use this studio if we have it. And I love movies and I love talking about culture. And so it was a perfect fit. So I'm very excited to be with you here uh, on this podcast. Uh, the first movie we're going to talk about today is uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, it's a very interesting movie. If you haven't seen it, I definitely would recommend seeing it. Uh, very beautifully shot as most Marvel movies are. The acting, of course, is spectacular. And the direction, always great from these movies. There's a lot of fans who are very loyal to this franchise. Uh, they go to see every single one, buy the merchandise. You know, and there's even corresponding shows in uh, Disney Plus, which is a streaming service. On that streaming service, there's shows that go along with the movies. And so uh, if you're not aware, there's been this thing called the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's a very interesting project. And I'm not sure how many movies they have in it, but there's so many different uh, franchises uh, all, all the favorite Marvel superheroes, Captain America, Thor, uh, and of course, Spider-Man is part of it now. So very interesting. And that ended with the, um, there was a Marvel movie and it was the final um, movie in the series. It was called uh, Endgame, the Avengers Endgame. That was the last movie and what was called the first part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And obviously, if you're familiar with uh modern film culture you'll know that phenomenon is very famous and it's kind of an inter- it was an interesting project they have started for they had been working on it for a very long time and so it's very interesting to see that come to an end but uh the spider-man far from home series falls into uh what is called the post uh i'm not i'm not 100% sure what the exact naming is but it's after that end game so it's after the original avengers series of movies um, and now it's exploring the heroes on their own. They've defeated the great villain, which was Thanos. He's defeated, and now the heroes are trying to figure out how to live their lives. Some have retired. Um, but in Spider-Man case, Spider-Man's case, they're trying to figure out how to live their lives in this new reality. And so it's very interesting, and there's a lot of background that is assumed the audience will know going into the theater. And so it's very interesting to analyze these movies as standalone, but also as parts of a greater whole. So what we're going to try to do today, and first, what I'd like to do on this podcast is to introduce the movie, kind of give a general plot, uh, the exciting points, 
Um, this is going to be a spoiler podcast, of course. I have to insert that in there. It seems that when you're posting anything online, you're talking about movies, you have to include talking about spoilers, which I think is kind of ridiculous because why would you be looking at reviews or discussions of movies if you're not expecting at least some part of the plot is going to be discussed? It's kind of silly to me, I have to admit, um, but interesting, and I will include that uh, probably in this episode and in in some of the early episodes after this, but not too many more, to be honest, because uh, if you don't get it by then, you're not paying attention. So that's that's going to be the modus operandi going forward. So like I said, let's get into Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, it was released in 2021. The director is John Watts. The writers were Chris McKenna and Eric Sommers. And it stars Tom Holland as Spider-Man, Zendaya as MJ, Spider-Man's girlfriend, and Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. And like I said before, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, Zendaya, and Benedict Cumberbatch have all appeared in other Marvel Universe, as they're calling it, movies before. So the so Benedict Cumberbatch has his own standalone Doctor Strange film, but also was part of the Avengers and played an important part in the Avengers Endgame. Um, and those who are familiar with it, of course, um, know what I'm talking about. So it's interesting to see them back in these roles. They've kind of, uh, for this generation, these young kids that are seeing these Spider-Man movies for the first time, this is their Spider-Man. This is their MJ. And um, I don't know if Doctor Strange has ever been portrayed before in film, but he, uh, by Benedict Cumberbatch, is certainly who everybody thinks of when they think of Dr. Strange on the silver screen. Just kind of go through the plot. Um, we'll kind of walk through it and, um, and, see, and see the important parts here. So it's the third installment of the newest Spider-Man franchise. There were two other franchises before this. This is very important. We're talking about these uh, films because they played an important role in this one, and we'll get to that later. But there was, there was a 2002 series that was uh, Spider-Man was played by Tobey Maguire. And there was a 2012 series and Spider-Man in that series was played by Andrew Garfield. So in this third installment of the newest Spider-Man franchise, Tom Holland's Spider-Man has been unmasked, and the public knows that Peter Parker, which is uh, Spider-Man's name in real life as a, as a regular person, his name is Peter Parker, um, so the public knows his secret identity. Uh, this has serious implications for Peter and his friends. Uh, they are investigated by the government agencies, denied entry to college, and have to deal with accusations by journalist J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons. And he's one of my favorite actors. Uh, really excited to see him in this role, and he was part of the trailer. And uh, very interesting, very interesting character. I think it's a nod to Alex Jones in the way they produce, they show him in the movie, and he seems kind of conspiratorial, and he has a, uh, it looks like an at-home set. Um, so we can talk about that a little bit later, but very interesting portrayal by them in this movie, I think, is a nod to Alex Jones, but we'll see. Uh, desperate to have a normal teenage life back, Peter Parker goes to the Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange, uh, and asks that everyone who knows who Peter Parker is, forget it. Uh, Strange says he, he, of course, can do that. He is the uh, most powerful wizard in the world. And, he, you know, he says, I don't know. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. And so they do it. Um, but as Doctor Strange is casting the spell, Peter Parker interrupts him and says, well, I, you know, I don't know, maybe my mom, you know, she probably should know who I am or... Maybe my girlfriend, you know, I don't want her to forget who I am or, uh, you know, Dr. Doctor Strange, you want, might want to know who I am or uh, his friend Ned. So it, it, what happens is he keeps interrupting the sorcerer as he's casting the spell. And so what happens is there's a corruption in it. And so uh, in an interesting twist, um, the spell summons villains from other Spider-Man franchises like uh, Dr. Otto Octavius and Green Goblin, Sandman, Electros. These are villains that played important roles in in a 2002 or 2012 series 
um, and they're come they're come back and they're they're in these in this 2021 movie, which is really interesting. But they're played by the same actors, so it's a lot of people will say it's called fan service, where they're doing something for the fans uh, of those particular franchise and dropping a special uh, breadcrumb or something interesting for those fans who enjoyed those series to come back to. And so that's a very interesting part. And later we learn it's not just the villains from those series, but also the Peter Parkers from those series. They, they've also come back because of the spell that Doctor Strange cast. Very interesting. And so Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are both in, the, in, the, in this universe with the new Spider-Man, Tom Holland. And so they have to team up and they have to go. There's some twists and uh, they actually, at one point, they fix on quotes, or, or make uh, not evil Dr. Otto Octavius, and he joins their fight, but he, the three, three Spider-Men have to try to take down the group of villains that are uh, terrorizing the city, and they're not supposed to be there anyways. They're not supposed to be in the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe, but they are, and so they have to figure out a way to get them, get them back to their old universe, and so very interesting. Um, and so, like I said, that, that's the kind of climax of the movie. It's in the Statue of Liberty which is kind of interesting uh, scene. But that's where it's at in New York. And so finally they're able to defeat them, capture them, send them back to their old universes. But then Tom Holland at the end, you know, playing Spider-Man, Doctor Strange is able to cast a spell, send them back to their old universes. But Spider-Man, Peter Parker says, Doctor Strange, you know what? I think it's better off if all my friends, including my mom, and, and unfortunately she is, <laughs> unfortunately it's a movie character, but she has died at this point in the movie, but it'd be better if my girlfriend and my friend uh, and J. Jonah Jameson and everybody else who knows who I am, it'd be better if they just forgot. And so this time, Doctor Strange casts the same spell, but it's totally effective and no one remembers who he is. And so he, he's in a new world now. He's back to originally how it was before uh, his identity was revealed, but he's lost a friend and he's lost his girlfriend. And so he's in this very interesting situation. There's a scene at the end where he's able to find them in New York and they don't recognize him. And so the spell worked um, and and it's totally, they, they don't remember having a friend named Peter Parker and they get into their colleges and, and whatnot. And, and that was kind of one of the interesting, uh, that was one of the problems with knowing Peter Parker and being associated with him before the spell was cast. So, so that's kind of the crux of the film. It's very interesting, and I, I don't, I, I can't say anything negative about how the film was shot or um, the casting. I think all the characters fit the roles great, and especially, um, I think it was a great choice to bring back the old characters from the old films and put them into this film, playing their old roles. I think those are fan favorites, and I think it's a very interesting choice, something I've never seen done before, and I think it was done really well. But there were a couple things I think are very interesting to talk about, especially relating to those roles cast by those characters. So I'm sitting in the theater and I'm watching this film and I'm enjoying it, but it's been a long time since I've watched the 2002 Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the 2012 Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I haven't seen these movies in a while. I, I remember them. I was born in 1998, so I was old enough to see an Andrew Garfield film or I don't maybe not remember a Tobey Maguire film, but certainly old enough to I existed when those were released. And... I, I couldn't help but feel that there were certain parts that I was missing out. So every once in a while, there would be obvious line that they were using to try to uh, call back to a time or a 
line or a plot device or something in those old movies and bring it into this new one. And it was meant to be a kind of uh, a funny moment for fr- fans because the new Spider-Man would be experiencing something, experiencing something the the old Spider-Man would have also experienced. So it was they tried to do that a couple times, and I think I, I think I missed something because I had not, you know, of course, it's 2021. I haven't watched a movie from 2002 in a long time, and so I, I was just thinking, and what does this mean for our culture in general? That and I, you know, I'm sure those are good movies, and maybe they deserve to be. Uh, brought back and thought about again and, you know, reinserted into the public discourse and through a movie. But I couldn't help but think, as a society, especially in the genre of fiction, uh, uh, in movies, and these budgets, especially Marvel, which is owned by Disney, Disney has basically an unlimited budget. It can make any movie it wants. Any idea you could think in your head, they can bring forth on the screen and make it beautiful and interesting and with beautiful sound and the best actors and the best writers, Disney has that capability. But instead, they didn't make something new. They relied on a very old concept, a, a, a concept from 2002, 2012. They didn't make anything new. They just reused. And of course, it's in a new setting with some new characters for sure, but it's the same villains. It's still essentially Spider-Man fighting the villains which of course is the concept of most of these superhero movies. They're not. Uh, there's many. There's some criticisms of Marvel movies. They are not incredibly difficult to understand. I mean, they're superheroes. It's made for you know, for for children, but also many adults enjoy them. But I think I just think it's so interesting that we have to come back to these these stories that we've heard before, these characters we've heard before, played by the same actors, right? Not not a new actor. I mean, they have the new Tom Holland, but they chose to bring in the old actors too. And so I think this is emblematic, in a certain sense, of society as a whole. If you look, go to the theater right now, there's plenty of movies right that are in there that are not original. They're, 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 I'll just go through the list. Scream. It's Scream. I don't know what it is. But there have been other Scream movies. It's, been, it's a horror series. There's, there's been a lot of those. The West Side Story is one that's in those theaters right now. They've done that a million times. I just, I, I don't think, I wonder if as a society we're at this point where I don't know if it's an addiction, and I'm not the first one to raise this point, obviously, but I wonder if it's an addiction to nostalgia. We, we, we're, there's something lost. I think we realize as a people, uh, and, this is, and this is something not defined to conservative or liberal, but there, somewhere along the way, there was this desire to, I think, make something new and be the best at making this thing, right? And somewhere along the way that was lost and we chose to be a little bit more safe because the reality is for a Disney producer or someone choosing to take up the script, well, I know as soon as word gets out that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are reprising their roles as Spider-Man, people are going to show up. They'll come to the theaters, buy popcorn, buy some tickets, and they have, by the way. If you look at the numbers on the Spider-Man movie, it's killing it. Everybody loves it. And for just reasons, it's, it's a pretty good movie. But is there not a space? And they'll say, oh, Cal, there are some movies that are original. What are you talking about? And that's true. It's, of course, not all movies. But in general, it seems like we as a society, as shown by these new numbers, seem to prefer something that is 
We know, right? Instead of taking a risk. And isn't that dangerous? What if we're caught in these loops of thinking and we can't break free? We need to we need to expand and fail, by the way. Think of a new concept. You have unlimited budget and a human mind. You're Disney. The most supposedly the most creative company in America. They employ people called Imagineers. And you can't come up with a new concept. You have to bring back Spider-Man from 2002. And maybe that's what sells, and that's fine. But then we need to think about, as consumers, what are we buying? Do I, do I want to pay to see the same movie? And of course, it's not the same movie. But what, what, what's going on here? Something's wrong. That's all I'm saying. And so it's very interesting. I think it's worth discussion. I like these movies. But am I just buying them because I... You know, I, I like, I know what I like and that's just what I'm going to buy. I don't think that's healthy. So another point I think is very interesting, I think relates to uh, the discourse today, maybe especially more the conservative side, is a lot of the discussion about the movies is about identity, right? Spider-Man's identity is disclosed. He is held accountable. Peter Parker is held accountable for the actions of Spider-Man. And he's accused people in the movie of things he didn't do. But nonetheless, it affects Peter Parker. And the only, the only thing I could think about, I think it's a, in modern uh, culture that is kind of similar to this, is there's a phenomenon on social media accounts they're called Anon accounts. And you don't attach your name to it. And so what you can do is post on social media and not be held liable for what you're saying. I think it's useful because it pushes the discourse. You can say something maybe a little edgier, something a little bit that maybe your boss wouldn't approve of. And that's interesting. I think it's useful. I think this movie points out that there needs to be a space for anonymity. Spider-Man needs to be anonymous. He's going to do some things and fight some people, and there might be a perception of him doing something that someone might not like. And if Spider-Man is going to operate in that world, it can't be known that he's Peter Parker, or else everyone around him is going to be affected. His aunt, his girlfriend, his friend. They don't. Get, the part of the central point of the movie is they don't get into college because they're associated with Spider-Man. And I think that's interesting. I think it points out that the importance of having a way to share ideas without consequences. I think there used to be in America the space for a devil's advocate or someone who could raise a point, not necessarily have it attributed to them, but say something interesting, heterodox, and say, hey, have you thought about this perspective? Hey, I'm not sure about this. Let me let me let me jog your your thoughts on this. What do you think? I think in America we've lost that. And so I think one of the places you can still find that is through these anonymous accounts. On Twitter is the most famous one, but I'm sure they exist on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. And there's whole websites that are you know dedicated to this concept. What Reddit, everybody's anonymous. You don't know who anybody is. And that's part of the attraction to it. Is you can say things that maybe otherwise you don't, wouldn't want to say in polite company. And so I think that's a really interesting thing too. So I think when you think about this movie uh, from a cultural context, I think it's important to think about, A, what does it say about our society? We like this kind of movie. We like a very familiar story. We don't want to be too controversial because we don't want to, be, you want to try something too reckless because, well, we could lose money. And I think also very related to that is the idea of, as we, are we as a society willing to listen to heterodox ideas and not 
cancel or fine or fire or dox or whatever it may be, someone who holds a heterodox opinion or shares one even. I think they're very related, and I think they're two interesting ways uh, that are two interesting ways to talk about society that are portrayed in this movie. And so I think it's definitely worth looking into. I want to thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. I think this is going to be something really interesting. I hope you'll join us for the next one. My name is Cal McNelly, and this has been Screening for Meaning.